Good evening, fellow Gooners. Welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm yours, Morn, and my co-host as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? Arsenal take on Brentford, and then we discuss the game against Wolves and against Lawrence. Yeah, um, like Brentford versus Arsenal, a fixture that, you know, slowly becoming the new away day, like it's usually at Crystal Palace, because, I mean, you've got... Oh. You've got the crowd already breathing down your neck since <laughs> the, the pitch level is like right next to the stands there. So, I mean, you've got them, like, I mean, that's not really a big stadium, but I mean, you've got those, like, you know, the crowd really on your on your case from the get-go. And I mean, they are like, look, as, as classy a side as Brentford, oh, they know when to turn up, you know, like the physicality of a game under Thomas. Very Rick. tough away day side to go to. And I think yeah. they were actually, you know, giving Ramsdale a right go. I mean, they, 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 um, saying you just, uh, David Raya, I mean, they were going at him all the time. They're teasing him and, you know, ragging him. But, you know, all in good faith. But, I mean, it was, Brentford's not an easy place to go to. They really do make you work for every, every everything when you go there. And, you know, Aiden, it's all like they remind. I mean, there was it's like something has been eating me that I need to tell you. But it's like, nothing. nah, it's not, not like the right time. <laughs> but, I mean, they are almost like, like almost like a classier, skillful, like a Stoke City side. Because yeah. they got, like, look, they've got the, the guy. Okay, luckily that, that Jensen guy was not, not fit for this game, but they've got the long thrower there, like Rory Delap used to be. They know how to, like, you know, when they have to eat it long, they're going to eat it long. They know when to, to, like, you know, how to frustrate you. They know, like, and, and you can already see that they took <clears throat> certain aspects of Arsenal's game already. You can see it was really picked apart because... They already, as you said, they already knew they were going to target or zero in on, on Ramsdale. They also knew they're going to start flooding that the, the defense. So we weren't going to get like an open, uh, you know, open day trying to thread little, you know, this little cue passes in. So then, I mean, you knew you were already going to have a, uh, an uphill task. And I mean, like for Arsenal, back into the squad came Odegaard and Jesus. And um, with, with uh, David Raya being uh, cup, uh, not cup tied. Uh, you can't play against your parent club in the Premier League, so uh, you had to step out for this uh, squad with Ramsdale in coming in. What was your thoughts on the lineup in general, like besides the goalkeeper situation? No, I, was, I think fairly happy. I think it was good to see everybody there. I think Tommy Yasuo coming in at right back. I think he, he deserves his start because he's been very consistent for most games. He's been playing. Um, yeah. You know, good to see Trossard as well getting a role in the middle of the midfield. But I think all in all, you know, I had, I had no real complaints and I thought. You know, good for Ramsdale as well, but, you know, I think you can actually see the difference with the footwork between Ramsdale and Raya. I mean, you'll still get into it, but, you know, I've been very pro Ramsdale, but, I mean, watching him in this game, there was times I was looking at, rather looking away whenever he got the ball. Yeah, so Arsenal start the match. Uh, <sighs> Arsenal, of course, do win like a free kick early on, but uh, Martinelli ends up ballooning his header over the crossbar, but, I mean, Again, we, I mean, I think I told you last week or the week before, we, we got those high stats where they said, like, Arsenal are, like, you know, the most dangerous from free kicks. But at the moment, I don't know, maybe we are maybe too critical or whatever. But, I mean, I don't see the threat that we pose, like, from corners. Because every time I'm seeing, you know, Gabriel, you know, like, you know, the ball coming off the shoulder of the back yeah. of the Or you've got, you know, Saliba totally missing a ball. I mean, like, a few weeks back. Uh, Kai Havertz ended up like a, a far post ball, ended up just netting, hitting the ball, not even at the target at all. So, I mean, I was just wondering, like, where do they come with the sort of stats like that? And then, I mean, like, with the game, uh, the game was in general very stop start, 
like you could see the you know clearly as I said the the, the game plan by Thomas Frank to like stop Arsenal playing and to just frustrate in general. And then 14th minute came that moment roughly that oh. you mentioning where Ramsdale tries to do a sort of one of those gigs, run gigs, dragbacks in front of his goal, and it gets almost like I think it was uh, Wisa that ended up charging him down or something, yeah. and it falls to Muemo. Um, and I mean, he ends up, you know, curling a ball far post. I mean, Ramsdale, of course, not getting even close to the ball, but luckily, you know, the Save Our Soul guy, Declan Rice, standing on the line and hacking the ball clear. I mean, straight to Wisa. But I think the, the ball also came so sharply to uh, the, the, the player. We ends up just shanking the ball out for a goal kick. Uh, it just shows Declan Rice's presence of my day. Like, I don't think a lot of other players would have switched on. Like, the moment he said yeah. that danger, he went to the <clears throat> to the to the goal line. And it just shows, like, you know, I actually feel bad that we um, only gave, what, 103 million, 105 million pounds to to West Ham because I think we should have given them a bit more, actually. And it's not often we say that. And I mean, you know, one thing we surprised, I mean, I, I, look, as I said, I never watched too much West Ham games last season. But I've never seen him, like, you know, the sort of, the way he can turn on the pace. And I mean, not only turn on the pace, he even has, like, the afterburners when he has, needs to go for, like, you know, in the defensive mode, where he's, like, you know, doing, a like, a 50, 60-yard sprint to defence. And then, like, still making a, a fantastic time tackle. And it, 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 I mean, it's truly really what you said. Uh, he's an amazing player. Yeah, no, <laughs> I don't know. Hopefully, we can keep him fit because I think... You know, he can really be something special in this Arsenal side. I mean, he's this leadership qualities. I read somewhere, you know, if even Xhaka had to be in this Arsenal midfield, you know, you could have maybe seen a different Arsenal. But, you know, that's, you know, no crying over spilled milk. But, I mean, you know, <clears throat> a very immense player. But, you know, this, this game was a very, almost like a game of chess almost. You know, um, Arsenal, you know, the total control, as they say. We did have the control, but, I mean, we weren't really, you know, Creating any clear cut chances. Then twenty six minutes, Arsenal like looking more, you know, a bit comfortable on the ball, like you know, trying to dictate more and more. Then thirty six minutes, you know, just as it looked like kind of smooth sailing as we're going, like, approaching half time. Uh, Ramsdale totally misses up. He's still. <laughs> I mean, I, I was just telling myself, I was thinking, you know, you remember that, that little clip you always have on on YouTube and that with the football goofs. When the guy is after the ball into his own, <laughs> I thought it was going to play out something like it. I mean, in hindsight, there's always like that 2020. But I mean, right there, I, I just thought to myself, can it? I mean, like now we can laugh at it. But I mean, that moment when it happened, I thought, am I seeing this right? <laughs> I also thought that. And I think from that moment, now, every time Ramsdale got the ball, I went to go look out the window. I just closed my eyes. Oh, and I mean, yes. I, I, but after that first incident, eh, I started closing my eyes and looking out the way, and then I just said, "Oh, I don't have to throw!" Like I was like, "Oh my goodness!" And then I just looked at it. And every time after that, even I started like, getting actually like an anxious. Like I started like pulling stuff every time, and I still got the ball. Every time when there was like a ball getting played to him, and, and the, then my stomach was cramping when I heard oh, the other Brentford fans going, "Oh, oh, like." like <laughs> Gonna screw up or scuff the shot, but I mean that being said, I mean he, like character-wise, he also did show a lot of character because he rode that, and I mean by the time like we went into like you know approaching half time, that he was like you know looking more like 
no, he started looking a bit more confident about doing certain things. Like he was, you know, clear going like not every time with a short ball, he was going rather clean and, and long. Because I mean, I think they knew they were gonna if, if we were gonna keep up with it, all short little passes. Look, <clears throat> I think that is the norm nowadays with football. But I think sometimes, like as we talk now with with, uh, with regards to Brentford, you when they know when they owned in on, on your like on a certain weakness now that, that's now appeared now in the match, they're gonna keep on just working that system. And that's why you could see they did not really like it when we now did go long because then it means they all those guys doing high press of theirs had to now drop back. So I think that was almost like the sort of you know, it was like, a, you know, when you release a bit of air out of the situation, I think that is where it was kind of starting to go our way in a way, in that sense. I think, and I knew you had a commentator, but I think I had Andy Townsend, uh, how he was saying, like, you know, Ramsdale's probably going to try too hard, and the message from the Brentford coach is probably like, you know, Ramsdale's going to try to be maybe overcomplicate things because... You know, he wants to maybe, you know, show that he can do what Raya does and even better. And, and, and you know, he wasn't wrong because I think Ramsdale probably felt that, you know, he needed to impress. Yeah. But, you know, in that Arteta's pre-match interview, you kind of got the feeling that, you know, that she's just Ramsdale standing for this game and that's it, you know. Because every time that they, I think they asked him a question, you know, if Ramsdale performs well, does that mean he could possibly get the spot back? And he just kind of, you know, completely moved away from the question. <clears throat> I mean, look. Okay, I know that the, the British media can be persistent in that, but I think Arteta don't help that as much when he comes almost like a, with a more tongue-in-cheek answer to the thing, because so it's almost like it, it still leaves everybody really in the dark, I mean, like with the situation. Then I can rather just come out and say, yes, Raya is my number one. Don't say like, yeah, you know, you want to have two top goalkeepers and whatever, but I mean, if you just, you know, pluck the one out, without much errors and whatever, and then replace him, and then almost like expecting that guy that, that did, or was carrying the sort of weight for you previously, to almost like just, you know, find that same sort of form coming back. I mean, it's, any top goalkeeper is going to go through a, a sort of form. Because, I mean, I can guarantee you, if Edison has kept out of, of the City squad long enough, he would also start making little silly gaffes and then trying to, to uh, you know, get away with things like, you know, little... You know, taking that sort of extra touch of, like, you know, like you see Allison doing it more and more. So, and, and every time now, it's actually looking worse for Allison and he's now in goal for Liverpool. Yeah, no, and I, I know it's like this game to discuss, but I mean, maybe we're getting a bit off topic, but I mean, you know, I, I just feel a bit sometimes bad for Rams in terms of, you know, that, that when Arsenal were nowhere to be found, you know, we weren't in any European football, whatever it was, you know, Rams came in, obviously, it was a big move for him. and you know, for most part, yes, I know he had probably a lapse of concentration here and there. But, I mean, you know, just to be taken out the side and, you know, just that's it. You know, that's it for Amsterdam. And I just kind of see that his Arsenal career is probably finished. Yeah. I mean, look, that's something I actually want to bring up now in the in the talking points later on in the, in yeah. the podcast. But, like, we go on. Um, 40th minute, Arsenal nick the ball in midfield. Go on a counter-attack. Jesus ends up striking the ball. But again, the same sort of flaw that, that we found in his game where he's just daisy, just does not strike the ball clean enough. Like, you know, getting something like to really work the keeper because I think the ball ends up just flicking off one of the, the uh, Brentford uh, defenders and the, almost like the loop on the ball ends up forcing the keeper into a, 
the save, but I mean, again, Arsenal looking, as you said, like, you know, it looks all very rusty and, as I mentioned before, very stop-start football. Then, 47 yeah. minutes, <clears throat> Arsenal think they've broken the deadlock, but after uh, a VAR check, uh, it seems Jesus was, uh, you know, almost like a judge to be offside in that moment that he... But, I mean, at first, I mean, I for me, I think something that Gary Neville mentioned now a while ago also already, he said sometimes the angles just don't seem right. I mean, like the one looked onside, the other one looked like, you know, like a foot off. So, I mean, a tough call in a way for me. Um, the golden choked off a trossard. I mean, it was, a, again, one of those, you know, risky balls where he ends up, you know, putting his body on the line to get a hit. But, I mean, unfortunately, for to no avail. Then we well, what, what, was Trossard offside or was it Jesus that was offside? They said it was um, Jesus, but I mean, my take was just when that ball gets crossed in, Trossard is not involved at all. Like, you've yeah. seen it. So, by the time Jesus is hitting the ball at the goal, this, I mean, look, <clears throat> of course, we're going to probably be uh, told off or told wrong, like, in, in like from, from people that, that now listen to the podcast. Uh, but my take was just. Jesus has no interest in Trossard right at that moment. Trossard is almost like hanging like a bit back. And by the time that keeper makes that save and the ball, like he's almost like half-clawing it onto Trossard's head. And Trossard's head's almost like the rebound in. I really thought that should have been a, like a clear goal. But I mean, yeah. I don't know, they say, <clears throat> they take it from the minute Jesus heads the ball to the keeper. He's, uh, what's it, Trossard's foot is ahead of his shoulder. So, I uh, well, I mean, Jesus should have finished that as well. You know, headed it, pick a corner, headed it into the ground or something. I mean, you know, if he's if Jesus to score that, you know, maybe it's a Ronald Arsenal. Yeah. So we move on to second half. Brentford start the game. And I mean, the match still looking for, you know, like a sort of spark to break the deadlock. <clears throat> what was, uh, you know, doing my head in somewhat was Arsenal wingers seem to, yes. like, I mean, I, I found it, um, at, at, at certain points, it was embarrassing because you had a left back playing for Brentford, who's normally this the, the winger, and then you had a, a central midfielder in that uh, what's it, what's it, that played right back for them. He's not normally a right back. It's just like because you had like two makeshift fullbacks, and they were almost like dominating and bossing Martinelli and, and Saka, and I found it so frustrating because I thought, I mean if. Can you imagine if, if you'd not played either, like whether it's Liverpool or Man City, they would have worked those two because I mean you could see there were certain moments where um that, that guy that was playing left back for the McCall getting his name right now. He was sometimes so high up the field. <clears throat> they were when Arsenal, but Arsenal were just too slow with their sort of approach play. Because they were like half walking instead of you know really tearing things down the wings and and and, and leaving them outnumbered. But as I said, also keep on being slow because it's something almost like, I don't know why, but it's been almost like creeping into Martinelli's game at the moment where when I'm thinking, okay, you got the ball, not drive at it, at yeah. the fullback. then he stops and he starts rolling the ball back, rolling the ball, and then he plays a little uh, sideways pass with it. I'm Did frustrated I- actually with, with Martinelli <laughs> because like, mm-hmm. like he has no danger, like, I, I shouted at the TV like like he has just he doesn't have any danger to him you know he he doesn't create like create anything he doesn't have that, that that finishing touch to you know put the ball on somebody's foot or or put the ball in the box you know for, on somebody's head it's like he just 
aimlessly sometimes drives in and puts the ball into the middle of nowhere. Or like he just like you say, he cuts back and he and he tries to just play a pass. Like he just has no cutting edge or danger to his game at this point in time. I don't know if it's going through a bit of a patch, but it's yeah. too it's all too comfortable for the opposition against him. And I mean, like the other thing that was so frustrating me is you know, with Saka because you know when he gets the ball, he's going to start walking to the to the um, fullback or, or whoever's uh, doubling up on him, and then you know he's going to cut inside because he, he it's so rare now that he, he tries to <clears throat> beat you on the outside and then whip still across in with the right foot. Because <clears throat> I mean, I was just thinking, I mean, okay, it's a pity now you, uh, that NATO guy is not injured, but I mean, watching him like when he plays. It's like you can see, like the minute he sees the 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 um, the fullback mentally switch off, he, he's gone. It's like you can see he's going through like third, fourth, fifth gear like that when he's passed. Okay. I mean, look- you can see with Doku as well. I mean, how like the the defenders are, are, are scared of him because how he just goes around him. Some of them don't even try to chase back to catch him. Now Martinelli has space on him, but like yep. he like walks you like same like Saka. Like you want to walk, 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 and then it must take you on. Sometimes you just need to play a give and go, and off you go, drive yeah, into the box, exactly. and even defenders stick his foot out, off you go, penalty, or you know, yeah. Salim a dummy and, and 45, someone should be coming at the edge of the box. But we just don't do that enough. Like you see, the wingers aren't as threatening almost as they were last season. And I mean, what, what I don't get was also like, okay, say now that <clears throat> Martinelli does get to the byline, and you know loops the ball over. You don't have Jesus running in to attack the ball. No. Rosado also sometimes just hang out on the side of the box. And then you don't have anybody like, say, Saka or one of the mids now going. I mean, sometimes you can see Declan does try because he wants to yeah. like, get on the end of it. But I still think there should be more sort of direct play because I think there's too much... Look, it's almost like, I don't know, maybe it's like, you know, when you're cutting a deal with the devil where it's like, are you going to cut away your, your sort of creative play to have more defensive solidity or or attacking play where you almost like you sort of rather because I mean if you look at the, the goal difference so far, I mean I'm I was actually surprised. I mean as frustrated as I'm now saying I a little say now, yeah. But I mean when I saw that we only conceded like 10 goals now so far this season. And I mean for me it was almost like unheard of if you think of how much goals were shipping in and now it's almost like we look, look a bit more drab, but I mean, we're getting like the results. We somehow, you know, trying to eke out the goals and that. But I mean, it's almost like it's a more conservative way to almost, like play ourselves safer into games. And that. I don't know, like, what's your take of, of our boarding, boarding Arsenal, as I say? I mean, I mean, you know, where that got us that season. So, yeah. you know, maybe you might take the, these, these type of games. But I mean, it is a bit stressful at times or, or, or compared to last season, you know, where we. We were again entertaining, but we were also shipping the odd goal here yeah. and there. So you know, it's we only time will tell, I guess. You know, but uh, the total control gives you league titles. I think the entertainment aspect will come back. You know, at a certain point. But I mean, like you also say, you know, you you sometimes watch City's games. You're like, ah, oh, these guys are actually boring me to death. But maybe that's that's the approach we need to go with now. Yeah. Um. With regards to the match again, um, even when the subs were made by Arsenal, um, it was also still a bit frustrating because Nkete ends up getting a good chance close to the end of the game. Oh, it's up, you know, fluffing the chance. And I just thought, myself, oh. you know, just having the, the old number 14s, which they have, like a Theo Walcott or a, a Thierry Henry, 
they would have already buried it already, like, you know, set the keeper down and, you know, almost like, you know, the finesse shot into the far corner. And well, I that's would, the one he could have passed it to, to, to Saka even. But he, he yes. Like, I almost lost, but I'll be honest with you. I was like, yeah. what are you doing? Like, all he did is roll it to Saka. Maybe Saka can roll it to the next oncoming player or Saka can, you know, almost be a free shot and goal. But instead, he like tries to be a hero and like tries to finesse the ball. But I mean, he doesn't even make the keeper work. Yeah, because I mean, he, what he tries to do is like he drives it through the, the, the midriff of the keeper. And like to hit a shot like that, you're supposed to get, you know, like aim to the far post with a bit yeah. of a curve or fade on the ball, just to like slowly come bending it. But it's like he just like stabs the ball at the keeper. It's more like, so that's why I sometimes feel like it with, with Jesus also, like when they're running one on one with the keeper. It's like, in my mind, I'm thinking like eight out of ten times, you're going to probably try to kick the ball through the keeper or blast it over instead of just a gentle little pass into the, like, under the keeper. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I just thought also, like, Odegaard also hasn't been himself of late. I don't know what it has to do with the way the formation has changed. It's missing Shaka or Party, but, yeah. you know, it just feels like he doesn't have that, that same impact and, 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 and confidence that he's had from, you know, Probably since the United game, because just from leading up from there, he just hasn't been himself. Yeah, fully agree there. Uh, then, uh, 79th minute, enter Kai Havertz. Um, at first, I thought, you know, it's just to be a bit of a nuisance in the box, because also we're trying to also mix things up with normally his style of play, you know, trying the long route uh, uh, way of playing. You know, just so that he can somehow bring the ball down and bring other people in. Then 89th minute with Arsenal, you know, throwing everything really forward. Oh, uh, Saka ends up slinging a ball to the far post. Brentford, like for once, really switched off and just ball watched. And at the back post comes King Kai with, uh, you know, with a far post downward header, which goes through the keeper's legs and Arsenal go one all up. Unbelievable. Oh, what a moment. I mean, I, I, say, like, I, I almost thought this game was going to play out to a draw and, you know, what a moment for him. I was really happy that he finally got that goal and, and probably hopefully it'll give him a word um, give him the world of confidence. But I mean, you know, it just shows what Kahavas does bring to the team. Yeah. That you can sling a ball into the box because in Ketio Asus would probably not have gotten there. You know, and the fact that he did finish it, I think he, he adds that to our game where you can put balls in the box for for him to attack because he is quite good in the air. So you know, brilliant, brilliant goal. But, you know, me still being you know, very paranoid as an Arsenal fan. I'm still first checking if the VAR is, is going to rule the goal out. And then, you know, now the nerves start kicking in because now you have to hold out till full time. Yeah. But, I mean, what I liked also was, like, when they showed the replays also, you can actually see he puts himself, like, a foot or two behind the defender even. So, there's no way of even playing him, like, offside or whatever. So, yeah. you because I think he said also post-match, um, like what he was now, uh, or what they've been trying also is Odegaard and, and Saka, they've been working on this sort of cross to him constantly. And he's been almost like, you know, netting it. And it, so it shows they are, you know, the, all that, that work does pay off that you see in training yeah. times. So we move our attention now to the Champions League. Uh, we play Lance on Wednesday night at the Emirates Stadium. One win away from qualification to the knockout phase. Will it be uh, top spot as well? Yeah, with a, oh, a game. If, if we now you know get the three points, because I mean we do owe them that. 
because of that 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 solo. Yeah, no, definitely. Uh, long slowly, <clears throat> you know, finding sort of stabilization in the squad. Uh, after I mean, they ever had like a real. I mean, I was actually shocked when a while back when when, when my daughter told me that Lawns were like you know really struggling because I think for the first part of the first month and a half of the season they were dangling in in the last or second last position in Liga. So I mean, they now you know really got themselves you know into gear. They now currently sixth in the league, and I mean six. they six they six now. Yo, that, that, that is quite good because, like you said, you know, they were hanging in the doldrums of the French, in the French league, and you know, to 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 bring themselves back is quite good. And I mean, the top three players uh, were like, especially the the, the the top one, Florian Sotoka. He's the one with three goals and five assists currently for them in the league. And I mean, he's the one that was causing us and uh, Raya such a lot of problems because he was the one reading that sort of short passes constantly that Raya was playing out. And he was like trying to intercept most of them. And then like Facundo Medina, their centre-back, he's almost like been their pillar of strength at the moment. And also like in the, like, with the top three players, you've got like an attacking player that, that's uh, in, in the top thing. And then of course, second and third, you've got like a centre-back and a right-back because Ruben Aguila, he's the right-back or wing-back also. And he's the one also uh, being almost like the sort of, uh, you know, pillar of strength on that side also. So... We, you know, we're gonna have a work cut out. And I mean, when you look at Arsenal currently, I mean, our players now, you know, based on on, on performance, it's Saka on seven point nine, Rice on seven point five, and Odegaard on seven point four. Yeah, no, uh, we seem to be very much free free scoring at home in the in the Champions League. Very disciplined at the back. I mean, we we've played what two home games and we've conceded zero, and we've scored what six goals. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it just seems like we have the knack of Europe for some reason, touch wood. But, I mean, um, we owe it to Lawrence. I don't think we've beaten them in the Champions League. I think we did beat them in a, in a semi-final in the UEFA Cup in 2000. But in the Champions League, I think we've drawn one and lost two. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's like you said, it is a game that it will be a good win for us. And I think it just allows us to kind of, you know, give players a chance to play in the game against PSV. Even though you know we want to get revenge on that defeat that they did to us in yeah. the Europa League away from home, but you know it'll be good to maybe give Rams a Champions League game because you know I I I might be sentimental, but I mean you know the guy got us there and he hasn't been able to experience the Champions League anthem really. Yeah. Uh, then comes the weekend fixture: Arsenal versus Wolves. Uh, first meets twelfth at the Emirates. Uh, with regards to Wolves. A real mixed bag of a season for them. In 12 matches, they won four, drew three, lost five, goals for 16, goals against 20. And they have like 15 points currently. Um, I think, I mean, look, with that being said, Gary O'Neill has also been working wonders with him because, I mean, if you think of, of Wolves now this season, they have pulled up some shocks this season. I mean, with wins over Spurs and Man City and then, also holding high flying Newcastle with a, a 2-2 draw. Yeah, no, it's not going to be an easy game. It's the type of game if Arsenal gonna uh, allow themselves to be bullied and allow themselves to, you know, almost get caught out by Wolves. It can be a very long day at the office. And they have shown that, you know, if you're going to give them scope, they can they can punish you. Yeah, exactly. And so, I mean, we fought hard to kind of get to where we are in the league. I mean... You know, with City, uh, City having to play Spurs as well, 
Yeah, I think we have the is it we have the are we the five o'clock fixture? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's eight time. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, because I was not just thinking at five o'clock. <laughs> but then again, I mean for, for British listeners, it, it would be like their 3 p.m. kickoff. Like here in Germany it's 4 p.m. kickoff. And then by you it's 5 p.m. <laughs> so so anyway, all over our fans, you know, just check your time zone. You know, I want to tell you it's 5 p.m. and you sitting in America <laughs> or the States at 5 p.m. Um, uh, Australia, you know, watching the game and saying, but but you guys said it was 5 p.m., so just check your time zone. That's true. <laughs> uh, now we move on to the final part of the podcast, talking points. Um, injury update. Uh, Urian Timber, I don't know if you heard the news about him, because they said like he could only be back for next season's preseason. Because, oh. I mean, I was, I mean, for me, I was like thinking, you know, it would be cool to have him now. You know, he's a sort of like, say, a title running or whatever. We have somebody of his quality coming now back. And then I mean, Thomas party is, I think you mentioned, he's going to only be out till, what, January? But still, uh, you know, you actually wonder if we, like, as I bring over the next point, like, you know, do we dip into the transfer market in January, especially within that position? And then, I mean, I think so, so. and then, of course, Smith Rowe also, there's no real due date for him to come back. Oh, you, you know, going back to your party point, um, He's gonna go probably go with Ghana to the African Cup of Nations. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, so now that means he's only gonna come back in February, and you know who knows what state he's gonna be in. You know he'll probably be injured after that thing, and the season's done. So I do think we need somebody, even if you get the high-profile loan player for six months. You know whether, like you said, that's that Douglas Luiz. I doubt. I very, I very much doubt. Aston Villa will allow him to go in January, especially the way they they play. You know, they play very good football at the moment. I mean, if you even look at it, the system made yesterday for the goal of, of Pau Torres yesterday, it was fantastic. But, I mean, if you see how deep that, that free kick was. Yeah, so 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 that's that's my concern. So, they, I think that whoever it is, you, even if it's a loan of six months, bring in somebody that's going to be able to to play, you know, a proper solid role because Declan Rice can't play every game. Because, I mean, I, like, I mean, my son mentioned the other day also, he said, like, he's not, like, so scared, like, with, with you know, something that it can take just, like, you know, uh, trying to, to, to catch up to a player or whatever and something can just pull, tweak or whatever or twist. You don't want that situation because I think someone like him and Saka also sometimes needs a sort of a layoff. So I think... This thing, uh, you know, with, with Ben White being out for a while, I think maybe it, it bodes well for him also where, you know, he comes back fresher. Because I think there were certain points in games, not always, but there were certain points in games you can actually see he looks more fatigued, like, you know, just drained where he needs to, you know, I think as you said, like, you know, just have a sit out for a couple of games, totally recharge, come back even physically and mentally stronger. Yeah, no, I, I think everybody needs that in the team. But like you said, like Saka as well. And, and, and like you said, dipping into the, the, the January transfer market. Like, I mean, Declan Rice, it's almost like the Rodri of Arsenal. Like, if, if, yeah. if Declan Rice must pull up against, you know, Wolves or, you know, whoever it may be, you know, the two of us might be panicked because now you're going to play Liverpool at Anfield without Declan Rice, without this, but without party. So you need that person that, you know, if Declan Rice pulls up with something, I'm not saying he's, he can't, that, I mean, that you're going to miss him. You're not going to miss him. 
but they must be somebody that they can, you know, be like, okay, you know what, you know, can do the role. Just like, you know, when Vieira was injured, you had Edu stepping in. Yeah. And, you know, he, he did the job fairly well. I mean, yes, he wasn't Patrick Vieira, but if you had Gilberto Silva and Edu in the midfield, you still would compete in big games. Yeah, fully agree. Then the final point I just wanted to make was before we round off. Um, I don't know if you saw the latest headlines where Arsenal have now decided, like it came like from, you know, it was like close quarters inside the club, that they are going to now make that whole thing with, with Raya official when, as soon as that thing is uh, runs out in June uh, 2024, the loan option, where they're now going to buy him. So, I mean, I just, like my point back to you was also like, you know, since we discussed him now in the match, how or how do you see how Ramsdale's future goes? Because, I mean, as well, like it's so, it will totally also jeopardize. I mean, unless there's something that, that totally, you know, shocking happens in the next eight, six months. But, I mean, it's going to totally jeopardize even his chances for, for uh, the European Championships for England. Yeah, you know, you know, I, I, I don't see a future for, for, for Ramsdale if they're deciding Raya because... You know, Newcastle, what's it, Pope will probably overtake him if it yep. comes to it because, I mean, Pope is playing week in, week out at Newcastle. And I, you kind of feel sorry for Ramsdale because where does he go from here, you know? Maybe United might try to come in for him. But, like, if United or Chelsea or whoever doesn't come in for him, it's like, you know, you're seeing him going back to, like, maybe a mid-table club or, or a, um, you know, relegation battling side. Yeah. And I mean, I just feel like, you know, he did nothing wrong, really, that, you know, Ateta, I mean, why is Ateta not being ruthless to, to the, the people in the striking position or or to kind of Zinchenko when he's making the mistakes? I mean, uh, Ramsdale just just got, you know, just got shafted and, 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 I, and I do feel that the manner in which, you know, Ateta came out and said, you know, he will. He, he believes that you know, goalkeeper like any other position, you can make a substitute in, in game for a goalkeeper. And, you know, each player can bring their own strings to the game. But I mean, you know, Ramsdale has been literally on the bench, but for playing West Ham and Brentford and Brentford again since playing Man United. Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, like, <clears throat> look, just seeing also like post match in the game. I don't know, I just had some feeling like when I saw uh, Ramsdale and then Thomas Frank, uh, you know, hugging, I just wonder, you know, I was just wondering, like, you know, just like a wild thought, isn't this maybe going to be some sort of his destination, like to be at a club like Brentford? Or, I mean, if you look at Chelsea, they're still not 100%, uh, you know, confident with, with Robert, uh, was it Sanchez? So, <clears throat> you yeah, just wonder, like, is his destination almost like more poised in that either say something like Chelsea, because I mean, like, at the moment, Chelsea is almost like a mid-table team as well. <laughs> and and then, you know, say Brentford as well, and Brentford are like a, on a team on the up again, and they look like they also, you know, on in a building phase where something big can happen, because, I mean, even like, say a team like like Brighton or whatever, you think, you know, they, they look like they almost like starting to tap on the Champions League door, that, you know, we could maybe go to a club like that, maybe. But I mean, as I said, I mean, I'm I'm fully with you. Where I said, like, you know, with a with a soft spot for Rams, we you do feel like, look, okay, sometimes they said, yeah, like in a, in the workplace, you if you get replaced by somebody, there's also nothing you can do about it if you, if somebody is working, say, a level better than you. But I mean, for me, like the way it's been down to the two of them, both of them have their strengths, both of them have their flaws. But exactly, 
it's just it's not, it's not like he's much better than than than, than, than Ramsdale. Sorry to interrupt yeah, you. That, no, no, not a problem. No, but I mean that is like my take also because I just think <clears throat> fair Bazem should have been given like a a fair shake to duel for that uh, position like that. Uh, and it's like they've never given Ramsdale the opportunity to win his place back. I mean, they're not giving him a run of games, and I and I just feel that you know you just told Ramsdale. Uh, you know, I'm dropping you, and 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 you know, I don't know. Obviously, we didn't know what Arteta tells him behind closed doors, but I mean, you know, Raya is not that much better than Ramsdale. That you know, like you know, that you say, okay, you know, I understand the decision, I understand the ball playing aspect, but you know, I mean, Raya also has been, you know, your your first foremost job of being a keeper is to make saves as well, and. You know, he has let in, he had, to, had some questionable moments. I mean, that game against Lawrence, I mean, he gave the ball away for them to score. I mean, Newcastle, if he had been a bit strong or been able to, you know, got his footing wrong. I mean, against Chelsea as well, where they looped the ball over your head. I mean, that's not playing out on your feet. That was just bad positioning as a keeper. I don't know, maybe it's, it's my old school way of thinking, but I mean, for me, it was always like, look, we were always used to David Seaman playing. And yeah. we had, like, you know, the, the likes of, um, like, say, Richard Wright or Alex Manninger and stuff like that. So, you know, something that's capable of carrying you if there should be an injury. But for most parts, you've got a, a you know, outright number one. And yeah. now you've, you've got them now. Because, I mean, you would never, I'm sure you would never say Wenger bring in Jens Lehmann with David Seaman. You know. Because I think there'd be too much, you know, too many cooks or chefs spoiling the broth type of thing. Because, I mean, it's my take. I mean, I mean, uh, a crappy way to end the podcast. But, I mean, yeah, we need to also get that off our chest anyway. So, guys, hope you guys enjoy the football this coming week. Uh, take care. We're going to be back the weekend to do a roundup of all this uh, football in, in the coming days. Take care, guys. Stay safe. Bye. Enjoy, guys. Okay.